Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everyone, and welcome to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. You know, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to be playing a lecture in its entirety. The topic is humanism, which is the idea or the notion that we can get through life without God. And we're going to play this thing without any interruptions except for the program break. So we want to kind of get to it right now. Without any further ado, so Terry, you got your helmet on? <laughs> I do. Ready to go. Humanism has been present in Western civilization since the 5th century B.C. Greece. At various times during the Renaissance, for example, when the classics regained popularity, humanism did also. The great single battle fought by Catherine of Siena and her followers was the battle against humanism within the church. Today we're back for a second or third or fourth round and for the victory. In the United States, humanism became a force to be reckoned with around the turn of this century. At that time, the robber barons and professors at prominent universities like Harvard and Yale were influenced by the doctrines of Charles Darwin and Herbert Spencer. Spencer was the prophet of social Darwinism, which applied Darwin's biological theories to the social order. Spencer coined the phrase, survival of the fittest. At the same time, new ideas in the field of psychology were being developed by Wilhelm Wundt, a German behavioral psychologist who influenced John Dewey. The ideas of socialists and eugenicists gained a certain amount of respectability. There was a coalescence of people with humanist ideas from different backgrounds who had similar worldviews. Some, like Margaret Sanger, combined a variety of humanist ideas. Sanger synthesized elements of socialism, atheism, feminism, and eugenics in her campaign for birth control and later abortion. They ultimately came to form a well-organized interlocking lobby of highly influential people who sought to penetrate and remake our society. It's important to remember, since humanism is a worldview, that it attacks every element of society and that it does so globally. As humanist Lester Kirkendall explains, for humanism to be viable, it must include all humankind. Socialists offer an identical rationale. For socialism to succeed, it must succeed globally. Humanism and socialism are virtually the same. Karl Marx wrote in Economie Politique et Philosophie, Humanism is the denial of God and the total affirmation of man. Humanism is nothing really else but Marxism. Needless to say, humanism is alive and well in the Soviet Union today. P. N. Fedoseyev, head of the Ideological Institute of Philosophy in the Soviet Union, maintains, Communists are undoubtedly the most consistent humanists. Communism is real humanism. The philosophy of communism does not tolerate any forms of anti-humanism. It shall never conclude any ideological truce with them. In the early days of the humanists, they were seeking an ideological truce with the proponents of the Judeo-Christian tradition. It was couched in terms of all values being relative. This sets up a state of flux which allows the humanist to introduce his own personal values at the appropriate moment. Once the humanists gain the upper hand, and they have won many important battles to date, we can expect that like their Russian counterparts, they will also be reluctant to conclude any ideological truce. Humanism, because of its lack of objective values, places man above the law. When the law states absolutely what is right and what is wrong, 
there can be no question about the nature of a person's actions. However, when value scales are relative, the value which is right is the one which is currently in force. The humanist wants neither God nor his laws hanging over his head as a standard by which he can be judged, and therefore he has to devise a philosophy to eliminate both the law and the lawgiver. As we have said, humanism is the philosophy of the fallen ones, from Satan and serpent to Lucifer himself. Humanism makes man the entire and sole standard for all actions. A person with enough strength to make his values prevail rules society. Hence, humanism places man above the law and creates the conditions where might makes right. John Dewey was the most influential man in modern education. He was one of the original signers of the Humanist Manifesto, a public statement of humanist beliefs published in 1933, published to counteract the 33-year spiral of the ascension flame in this century. Dewey is considered to be the father of modern progressive education. He taught at Teachers College at Columbia University with other prominent humanist professors such as George Counts. At one time, Dewey occupied three separate chairs simultaneously, philosophy, education, and psychology. You can see that he quickly was erected as the god of humanism. It's difficult to estimate just how far-reaching his influence was and is. Dewey and Counts were able to widely disseminate their humanist ideas by training teachers at Columbia University. By the mid-1950s, one-third of the presidents and deans of all teacher training colleges in the United States had graduated from Teachers College at Columbia University. So had one-fourth of all the superintendents of schools in America's largest cities. The same held true for 20% of all public school teachers in the system at that time. It's very interesting to note that our own beloved Ruth Jones, who made her ascension a few years ago, also went to Columbia University Teachers College. She taught in North Carolina in the public school system, as well as in the Baptist Church she has laid the foundation for our Sunday School curriculum. Ruth Jones was like one of the original matriarchs of Israel. You could never fool Ruth Jones. She's got to be an example of, Thou shalt drink any deadly thing, and it shall not hurt thee. <laughs> I could feel the very fire of her presence as I began this seminar to overthrow this conspiracy in education known so well to her. Our study of educational history reveals the close link between political power, religion, and education. Political and religious leaders use education to inculcate society with the values and the world outlook they wish people to have and to sustain. This is true of our society. Our religious outlook, the Judeo-Christian tradition, and our political heritage based on the Constitution are being replaced by another religious outlook humanism. Consequently, we should look for its political counterpart. Up until this moment and this day, I'm certain that many of us looked upon the failures of education in America as somehow the bungling of ignorant people who got into the educational system and just didn't seem to know what they were doing, didn't have any heart for teaching, and whose values somehow had gone astray from the religious values of our society. What we find in our seminar is that education, the humanist brand of education, is highly successful. It is doing exactly what those who are behind it are intending that it should do. We see in the manipulation of education the principle of echelons of the false hierarchy. 
the principle of the false hierarchy, as with the Illuminati founded by Adam Weishaupt, is that there is always an inner circle who knows everything. And then there are successive outer circles of the tools of the inner circle, and circle by circle they know less and less of the ultimate goals, the absolutes, who is really directing the entire movement that they are a part of. So in the outermost reaches of the philosophy of humanism, you will find those who consider themselves humanitarians, which is a much nicer word. And they will be striving for the good of the people, for the good of humanity, the taking care of the poor, the programs for slow learners, integration, all of the social issues that seem to have the goal of making the United States a better place, a place of greater opportunity for all people. They are the outermost circle who are unsuspecting of the controls that get more and more obvious as you advance in this echelon of the path of the false hierarchy. At the very core, you find the satanic council of the fallen ones who make no bones about their religion and its permeation of society. A little further out, it's no longer called Satanism, it's called humanism, the deification of man as God. Satanism is nothing more than the deification of the carnal mind. And yet we know that the human without the divine spark is the carnal mind. Things equal to the same thing are equal to each other. That is our thesis in the presentation of this paper on humanism this afternoon. I would like you to realize then that we are directing the sacred fire of the mighty I Am Presence to the beast behind its victims and to the dragon who gave power to the beast. The dragon who gives power to the beast is the anti-guru. The beast then becomes the anti-chila of the anti-guru. And so the system continues and there is a wide spectrum of people influenced by it or by portions of it who are not rooted and grounded in their own faith, their own traditions and cultures, have no suspicion that there could be an evil motive behind such good intentions. The problem is the beast known by any other name or wearing any other mask is still the beast and still must be stripped of its power and exposed. And the people who are the children of God who are temporarily in the wrong camp must see the contrast of light and darkness. They must see those who have erected themselves on the pedestals as the gods of our culture stripped of all of their garments of deception and sophistry and serpentine logic. Therefore, someone must have the courage to do this stripping. It's the very unpleasant task of the light bearers. It's a very unpopular task. And you will not make yourself popular by preaching this gospel of the exposure of the dragon and the beast. Least of all, you will not be popular with the dragon and the beast. <laughs> As Jesus said, beware when all men speak well of you. I'm finding the truth of that more every day. Uh, we're just getting warmed up. Please stay with us. We'll be back after a short break. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, 
go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back and posing this question, does humanism have a political counterpart? And if so, where does it hide? Here's more. So we're looking for the political counterpart of humanism. It should be one which is as diametrically opposed to freedom as humanism is to the Judeo-Christian tradition. It will not be hard to find. It is the philosophy of statism or the power of the state. In America, we will find it organized in a very narrowly defined community of interests, which we normally refer to as the power elite. The humanist revolution grew in our schools with a coalescence of a variety of events. One of the most important was the establishment in America of compulsory public education. Public schools, as we have said, are state schools. They are not free schools. The tuition for our children comes from taxes. But we as individuals have little to say about what will be taught. The danger presented by maintaining state-run education is great for several reasons. First of all, it tends to be inefficient. The general pattern for American bureaucracies can best be expressed by nothing succeeds like failure. If an agency mandated to do a particular job cannot succeed, then it is the general consensus that they haven't been given enough money or enough personnel. They ask for and are generally given more to do the job. Hence, bureaucracies become self-serving. The Department of Energy, with an annual budget of $20 billion and a personnel of 20,000, have not produced a single erg of energy. As the power of the energy bureaucracy increases, the power of the economy to actually produce energy decreases. The same principle will hold true with education. The more money the government spends on it, the less likely we are to be able to give our children a decent education. Over the last decade, the government quadrupled government spending and achievement scores fell precipitously. But there's another problem. Whenever the state organizes education, they organize it to fulfill the purposes of the state. Our examples of Sparta and other totalitarian societies, such as Hitler's Germany or the Soviet Union, show the potential danger in this arrangement. The danger depends in particular upon who is running the government. In our case, it is the Trilateral Commission. Perversion of the Great Trinity of Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. In the United States of America, the power elite have had enormous control in the government since the turn of the century. It was Abraham Lincoln, that great light of God, who single-handedly fought against the power elite and their attempt to manage the money system and the civil war. His light is with us yet, and it ought to be invoked from his causal body to descend into manifestation to assist in the resolution of problems. He has not ascended, but he is counted among the saints, and one can call forth the causal body of the saints even when they are unascended. Now the federal government, controlled by the Trilateral Commission, is under a power elite, and that Trilateral Commission could be considered its board of directors. Through their tax-exempt foundations, they have financed and lent their organizational skills and general power and prestige to the progressive education movement, which was and is humanist in origin. From 1928 to 33, the Carnegie Corporation of New York provided a total of $340,000 to the American Historical Society, 
a constituent of the American Council of Learned Societies for the production of a study by its commission on social studies. Listed in their conclusions and recommendations were statements totally consistent with both humanism and statism. Quote, Cumulative evidence supports the conclusion that in the United States, as in other countries, the age of individualism and laissez-faire in the economy and government is closing and that a new age of collectivism is emerging, unquote. The report made clear that the passing of the age of individualism might also involve the, quote, limiting or supplanting of private property by public property, unquote. And, quote, almost certainly it will involve a larger measure of compulsory as well as voluntary cooperation of citizens in the conduct of the complex national economy, unquote. The report dealt with a redistribution of power as well. It noted that, quote, the teaching profession as a whole will have to organize, develop a theory of its social function, and create certain instrumentalities indispensable to the realization of its aims, unquote. Herein lies one of the roots of the teacher activism which appeared in the 60s. The report also asserted that textbook writers were, quote, expected to revamp and rewrite old works in accordance with this frame of reference, and new writers in the field of social sciences will undoubtedly attack the central problems here conceived, unquote. Among other things, quote, the commission proposed to consolidate the traditional high school subjects of geography, economics, sociology, political science, civics, and history into a single category designated as the social studies, unquote. This was the most strategic of all teaching areas for the advancement of a particular philosophy. Success in enlisting teachers in this field in the cause of a new social order had an influence out of all proportion to the number of teachers involved. According to Harold Lasky, socialist philosopher from England, quote, at bottom and stripped of its carefully neutral phrases, the report is an educational program for a socialist America, unquote. The power elite through their major foundations, Rockefeller, Carnegie, and Ford, through their control of major universities, Harvard, Columbia, Chicago, Yale, Stanford, and others, and through the Joint Council on Economic Education which it financed, changed the American educational system and put it on a humanist basis. The Ford Foundation spent $656 thousand dollars in 1952 for a three-year study by the Institute of Philosophical Research in San Francisco to do a study which would concentrate on the clarification of educational philosophy. According to humanist Mortimer Adler, the Institute was undertaking, quote, a dialectical examination of Western humanistic thought with a view to providing assistance in the clarification of basic philosophical and educational issues in the modern world, unquote. The point of the humanists, clear and simple, with all of their fancy language, was to get God and the traditional Judeo-Christian values out of public education in America. There is no vacuum. The God of the humanists would replace the traditional almighty father and creator of the universe. The power elite could be assured a certain amount of success in their effort to influence education by changing the textbooks. They own or control many of the textbook publishers. Charles E. Merrill Publishing and Charles Scribner and Son are divisions of Bell and Howell. D.C. Heath is controlled by Raytheon. Gin and Company is a division of Xerox, and Xerox owns an educational publishing house under its own name. IBM owns SRA. Other corporations are just big businesses in their own right. The elite media are also represented in the textbook business. Random House is owned by RCA. CBS owns Holt, Reinhardt, and Winston. And Southwestern Corporation is a subsidiary of Times Mirror Corporation. The elite do not receive merely political and ideological rewards for their efforts. 
The texts of the major publishing houses which they own are used by virtually all school systems. The textbook business is a $6.2 billion per year affair. The federal government underwrites the cost of 60 to 80% of the textbooks, which are designed to change our form of government to one more compatible with big business by changing our children's outlook. Our tax revenues are used to indirectly change our children's outlook. So here we are, the children of Israel, once again enslaved in the flesh pots of Egypt. The government taxes us, we pay the government, the government subverts our children as surely as if they'd captured them at age seven and sold them into slavery. When we send our children off to school every day, we're sending them to the camps which enslave the mind for the entire embodiment or would like to do so. And we're still getting warmed up. We'll be back in a moment for more. Please stay with us. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thanks for staying with us. We're uh, discussing, actually, we're hearing a lecture on humanism today. And actually, we'll be doing this for the next two segments um, of this program and also the next two installments of this series. So parents must realize that they are the sole authority for the care, love, and education of their children. We know it's a tall order, but it's so necessary. Here's more. Considering our heritage, every father and mother is under the blessing and the initiation of the Father-Mother God to represent Alpha and Omega to the offspring that come through that marriage and that union. We as parents have the sole authority for the care, the love, the education of our children. The Lord God Almighty has never given to us the authority to reassign our responsibility for educating our offspring to the state to the serpents, to the fallen ones, to the Luciferians, to any group whatsoever, we have a right to choose the education of our children. It is a transfer of the heart flame. But we have not taken that responsibility. America as a whole, parents as a whole, are indifferent, many times involved in the very same delinquent practices that they abhor in their children. They are not interested in taking the responsibility. They are in the pleasure cult. They turn their children over to the state system of schools and education for every form of training, moral and even spiritual. And so when those children grow up and they follow this or that guru or this or that cult, then they are outraged that their children are being brainwashed. Gabriel directed himself to that issue in the pearls of over a year ago. He spoke of the condition of the failure of parents to exalt 
the true God of Israel and the true Christ within their children, and that they had no one to blame but themselves, when for security and love which they never received at home, they would now follow the false gurus who would promise them everything but really give them nothing. We have a deplorable situation today. As we have said before, when the people of America, when as a grassroots movement, our people come to understand that they do possess the power, they do have the authority from God to overthrow these tyrants abusing our children, they will do so. It demands a circulation of this information. It demands preaching the word and the transfer of the sacred fire that will ignite a nation and cause this entire camp of fallen ones to be exposed. This can happen, but it takes dedication and prayer and constancy and the vigil against these fallen ones who are angry because they are being exposed. Personally, if I did not have a Montessori school where I know that my children and many of your children are secure, I would have long ago become outraged and pursued a career of remaking education in America from bottom to top and top to bottom. But you know what happens when you go out to attack a giant like a little mouse jumping against a skyscraper? You get ridiculed and you get belittled. And you can't make it through the system. You can't penetrate it. And so what is the answer of Joshua to us? Come apart and be a separate people. One person can scarcely succeed in attacking the system. But greater and greater numbers of people, communities of people, people bound by a higher power can make an impact. When you get many groups who for various reasons agree on this common goal as they do in the pro-life movement, it's like one of the giant pendulums that they use to tear down a building. Each strike against that building renders it more and more vulnerable until its structure becomes weak and finally it crumbles from within. What makes people feel that they are able to attack a planetary global system of the power elite? Only the fundamental manifesto of our revolution, which is the mighty I am presence and the Christ self. Else we fall into the same trap of all the rest and become humanists and think that man, by his own bootstraps, can lift himself up and attack these gods of the fallen ones. So we see that humanism provides a religious philosophy totally consistent with the political ambitions of the power elite, including a flight from free market economics, the abandoning of national sovereignty, the establishing of a one-world order, and the loss of political and civil freedoms, which are inimical to the power elite's needs. As we have discussed before in bringing up the work of Dumhoff on the power elite, their private clubs, their circles, their educational institutions, their leagues, their interlocking directorates of large corporations, put these people almost totally out of the day-to-day -day circulation and interaction with the little people of America. As I named off these corporations of these book publishers or the families or the universities, there are probably very few of you who have actually rubbed elbows with the upper echelon families who are the controlling powers of the institutions named. You don't see these people. They move in private circles. They know that they themselves are completely a thing apart from the common people. They see themselves as the molders of their destiny and the controllers of their life. And they see themselves as putting on a mask of tolerating the people's religions. When we moved into La Tourelle in Colorado Springs, which had been owned by an Oklahoma oil company, there was left over in the house many things. In the toy department, there were a number of books written for the children of such families. They were instructed 
that they were a breed apart from other people, entirely different from other people, born to rule, and all of the instructions for keeping them a superior race, marrying only with each other, were contained in these storybooks. The dolls which they left in their playroom were robot dolls, mechanical little robots that had no more resemblance to the children of God than a computer. I was astounded to find the environment, the toys, the colors of black and red, strikingly like another world and another vibration of the astral plane. It was a carefully contrived milieu to see to it that the children of such families did not mix and did not put themselves down on a common level with the common people. I'm sure you can imagine that when the children of God came in to take over this mansion, this stronghold of power, they were not well received. And I think some of you have heard the story that this family, once they had signed the papers and sold the house to us, didn't want to give it up and were looking for some legal loopholes. Well, we wouldn't go away, and we wouldn't go away. And one day, as we went over to the house for about the tenth time to declare we were here and we were ready to go to the closing on the property, I walked with Mark. I was nine months pregnant with Aaron. Quite a sight. <laughs> Trudging in the snow. And as we sat down in the drawing room, which later became the sanctuary, and we spoke with this woman, we said what we had to say, and we were about to leave. She looked at us with the smoky gray eyes and the hollow look, and she said, Mr. and Mrs. Prophet, you are formidable people. A very interesting commentary on the subconscious of the power elite. They know where the real power of God is. They have to manipulate the people so that the people will not find out where the real power is in their very own heart and soul. So they've corrupted religion and education. But thanks be to God and St. Germain, we have a constitution that is not yet destroyed. We have a nation, a platform of evolution. We have a sovereign country that has not yet been done away with. Well, we still have, to this hour, our freedom of religion, assembly, worship, property, press, speech, all of these we are exercising this day, this weekend. It's a miracle of Almighty God that for more than 200 years, this freedom has been sustained midst the machinations of this power elite. But these are the closing hours when we must say, thus far and no farther. This is the moment when they feel emboldened by past successes, ready to completely devour the system and do with it what they will. They believe that the American people are asleep and that this is the time to strike. They have not really reckoned with the children of the light, the unity, the community, and the love that we share. It's at this moment that all of our love and community must be brought to bear for this victory for St. Germain. I have never had such a sense of the overpowering presence of an Ascended Master and how great is his need for us to act as one flame, one concerted body that cannot be divided and conquered. They've tried to divide and conquer us through their first blows through the press. They have made no dent whatsoever upon the love and the membership of this community. The call of the hour is for all of us to support and strengthen our community of light wherever we are. We will conclude this first lecture installment on humanism when we return after a short break. Don't go away. Success. 
success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us. As we said at the outset of today's program, we're going to be focusing this program in its entirety, as well as the next two, to the subject of humanism. And we had a bunch of material to present to you, and we were thinking about whether we should edit it, make a little bit of a stew with this, you know, pieces here and there, and realized the lecture stands on its own. It's so powerful. It's a lot to take in, we realize. We know that we're asking you to absorb quite a bit of information, but it's so vital to understanding what's going on in our world today, both here in America and the rest of the world. It's something that we have to be watchful for all the time. It's something we have to be very aware of. Its tentacles are everywhere. So without any further ado, here's the final installment of today's lecture excerpts, and we'll continue this discussion in a few minutes. Here we go. We must realize that Saint Germain must have us as his instrument. When we sang this morning, I love you, Saint Germain, he said to me, if you love me, go and save my soul that lives in the hearts of the children of America. The concern of Saint Germain, the presence of his heart, is almost too much for me to contain. His love of America is so great, he has been with this people for so long. This is the moment destined for the victory. All is in readiness for the action of the informed children of the light. This information then, take to heart and use it. Don't wait for the decrees to come out in written form. Let's not let a day go by that we're not calling for the judgment of the conspiracy of the fallen ones over the minds of our youth in education. Much of the curriculum of our public schools today is developed by the Aspen Institute of Humanistic Studies in Aspen, Colorado. Aspen is an ancient site of the pleasure cult, of pagan rites, satanic rites, of an intellectual elite. The records are very, very old and very vile in Aspen. The Aspen Institute is a center for seminars and global ideology and humanistic studies for officials of the major corporations. The Trilateral Commission, the White House, and the major foundations, including the Ford and Rockefeller Foundations, the Brookings Institute, IBM Corporation, Xerox, Citibank, and a variety of other blue-chip firms. According to its president, Joseph Slater, quote, the Aspen Institute is humanistic in view and international in scope. The goals of the Institute vary from a deepening and broadening of public debate on the vital issues to specific recommendations for new national and international policies and institutions in government, academia, and private enterprise to proposals for a new educational curriculum, the innovation of programs, and the mass media. Unquote. According to Sidney Hyman, the Aspen definition of humanistic means, quote, 
to search for ways in which man, in Martin Buber's phrase, can reach for the divine, not by reaching above the human, but by striving to become in all that he does more human. This is humanism in Christian philosophy. To search for ways in which man can reach for the divine, not by reaching above the human, but by striving to become in all that he does more human. Humanists are interested in setting up a humanist civilization, which is defined as one in which the principles of the humanist philosophy are dominant and find practical embodiment in laws, institutions, economics, culture, and indeed all the more significant aspects of individual and social life. The Aspen Institute makes its contribution toward creating a humanist world by, quote, bringing together some of the ablest people from all sectors of society worldwide to look for solutions to the most critical issues of our time, unquote. The Aspen analysis of their own contribution is that the Institute, quote, becomes a catalyst by which people who make or influence decisions can convert ideas and values into action, unquote. Shirley Hofstetter, newly appointed Secretary of the Department of Education from Los Angeles, is a trustee of the Aspen Institute for Humanistic Studies. Did you notice when she received her appointment, she said, I've always been interested in education. She was a judge here in Los Angeles. I say she certainly has been interested in education, right at the most elite organization, the Aspen Institute. The National Education Association, NEA, which at its executive level has been and remains humanistic and was the primary lobbyist for the Department of Education for the creation of the department. Most children attend public schools where the curriculum has been developed largely by humanists. Thanks to foundations and policy planning groups like the Aspen Institute, they use textbooks published by the power elite, which reflect both an establishment and a humanistic point of view. Student-teacher relationships are based on a new form of social interaction dictated by humanistic ideas and thus you see both the failure and triumph of education. Achievement scores are dropping, and children are becoming more humanistic. In 1933, the New Humanist magazine published The Humanist Manifesto, with a voice reminiscent of Marx's Communist Manifesto. It intoned, quote, the time has come for widespread recognition of the radical changes in religious beliefs through the modern world. The time is past for mere revision of traditional attitudes. Science and economic change have disrupted the old beliefs. Religions the world over are under the necessity of coming to terms with new conditions created by vastly increased knowledge and experience. In every field of human activity, the vital movement is now in the direction of a candid and explicit humanism. In order that religious humanism may be better understood, we, the undersigned, desire to make certain affirmations which we believe the facts of our contemporary life demonstrate. The document goes on to say, Today man's larger understanding of the universe requires a new statement of the means and purposes of religion. To establish such a religion is a major necessity of the present. We therefore affirm the following. Thus, the Humanist Manifesto was both a challenge to traditional religion and a restatement of humanist beliefs in canonical terms. Some of the key tenets of their religion are, quote, religious humanists regard the universe as self-existing and not created, unquote. Another quote, humanism recognizes that man's religious culture and civilization, as clearly depicted by anthropology and history, are the product of a gradual development due to his interaction with his natural environment and with his social heritage. The individual born into a particular culture is largely molded to that culture. Humanism asserts that the nature of the universe depicted by modern science makes unacceptable any supernatural or cosmic guarantees of human values. Obviously, humanism does not deny the possibility of realities as yet undiscovered, but it does insist that the way to determine the existence and value of any and all realities is by means of intelligent inquiry and by the assessment of their relation to human needs. 
Religion must formulate its hopes and plans in the light of the scientific spirit and method. Religion consists of those actions, purposes, and experiences which are humanly significant. Nothing human is alien to the religious. It includes labor, art, science, philosophy, love, friendship, recreation, all that is in its degree expressive of intelligently satisfying human living. The distinction between the sacred and the secular can no longer be maintained. Religious humanism considers the complete realization of human personality to be the end of man's life and seeks its development and fulfillment in the here and now. This is the explanation of the humanist's social passion. In place of the old attitudes involved in worship and prayer, the humanist finds his religious emotions expressed in a heightened sense of personal life and in a cooperative effort to promote social well-being. Sounds all so correct and proper and right, doesn't it? Oh, it's so intellectual. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Neck up. No kidding. <laughs> you know, the, the social studies, you know, in when I was in grade school, we had, a, we had a class called social studies. We did, too. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And it all seemed so... You know. Well, I think you know, one of the things that occurs to us listening to this, and we've heard this, of course, many times, and perhaps you've also been exposed to this information more than once, is that it seems almost hopeless in a way to have so much working against us that is organized, the power elite, the trilateral commission, you know, you name it. They seem to have such a deep sense of root and a long, you know, they have the, they have the long view, the long, the long goal. Well, it's like uh, cancerous tentacles that, that <laughs> seem to have almost taken over the entire body. Yeah. And the only thing, like she said, the only thing can roll this back, I, I paraphrasing, is knowledge of the mighty I am presence, the Christ self, and, uh, and, you know, the spirituality that people can muster. Oh, indeed. I think, you know, that's where he says that in light there is hope. Yeah. Eternal. Well, I want to just quote one quick uh, excerpt from this um, piece we just heard, and then we're going to wrap this up and move on to our next se- se- series right. component. But that was this... Um, said, the humanist finds his religious emotions, religious emotions, expressed in a heightened sense of personal life and in a cooperative effort to promote social well-being. Again, it just, it sounds so right and correct. And, you know, we know that it is very base. It is denying God's existence completely. I know. And that's the point of this, that we're sharing this with you today and the next couple of shows because this whole idea of humanism and the seductive nature of humanism has to be exposed. Yeah. You have to be willing to look at it critically and, and neutrally and objectively. Anyway, so, Terry, what can they do to get a hold of us if they well, have any re- reaction to this program? We are at webradio at tsl.org. Yes, we are. Webradio at tsl.org. And stay with us for the next two programs. Yeah, this is really important information. We know it's dense, but please stay with us. It's worth the investment of your time and emotion. And, though the upper path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.